Welcome to Five Shirt Weekly, a winner at the death and a matchup against the top team in the league this weekend. How do we think we'll fare? We get into all that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Chris. Before we get into it, become part of the notification squad by hitting the bell next to the subscribe button on YouTube. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. So Atlanta United played CF Montreal to a 1-0 win at a full-capacity Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Saturday. And it was 40,116 to be exact, the biggest audience for a soccer match in the world since the pandemic began. And uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely, (laughs) it was a a match that left a little bit to be desired from the play standpoint. But uh, yeah, for about 93 minutes, pretty drab. Uh, Yeah, started off decently, but... It kind of reverted back to a little bit of uh, U-shaped passing from the team after uh, a little while. But uh, yeah, on a whole, you know, just maybe not the most inspired until a really photo finish. But uh, what's your thoughts on it, uh, big picture-wise, on this match, Chris? What I this that this match and the way we won this match will be a springboard uh for for the tactics that we're currently employing because it there's long periods of time and there's been long periods in every match where we just have an unwillingness to go forward uh it's like we just we just don't feel like we can you know make that quick pass a quick look up and make that pass to uh split the defenders like we used to um and and i don't think that's necessarily the case but um, I'm hoping that the what Heinz sees or Heinz sees um, from the injection of a little bit of pace with them, you know, Moraney coming in and, and basically having been told, hey, you know, drive forward. We need this. We need a goal um, that we start we start taking that initiative, um, you know, throughout the games, not just the first five to ten minutes, not just the last, you know, five to ten minutes, but throughout, you know, most of the match, which I hope this this match will have springboarded that for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, I think also full credit to CF Montreal, who are a good side. Uh, they were first in the East when we were playing them, and so uh, they were no slouch for sure either. And so I think it kind of matched up in terms of uh, the back-and-forth nature in the match, I think. Uh, now, the, uh, the stats in terms of like shots, in terms of even like fouls, it's all like pretty same except for the overwhelming uh, kind of stat in possession for us. And uh, that's really where it is. If we have 10 shots and they also have 10 shots and we also have two shots on target and they also have two shots on target, uh, we probably are not doing enough with our possession if it's about 63 and 37 uh, for us and them. And uh, that pretty much, I think, spells out that uh, they were way more direct than we were and um you know they were fashioning the chances maybe uh at a more efficient rate and us yeah exactly what you're saying it's that lack of uh kind of cutting edge that lack of maybe confidence in the final third uh there's a lot of it where uh guys weren't you know attacking at the defenders dribbling at them uh trying to make things happen instead they're maybe just a little bit more passive and uh you know letting another guy maybe try to uh you know do the work and you know it's uh it could be in you know it's only about eight or nine games into gabriel hainsey's uh you know tenure here but uh it is something that's that players are still learning the system but it doesn't excuse that uh you know the players are timid like we need to kind of get that out of our system uh, because early on, we did look a lot more, you know, in terms of the other games in our season, we looked more dangerous, we looked more confident. Uh, it seems like we're ver- reverting maybe to a little bit of what's comfortable. But uh, yeah, what, and what do you I, think? Yeah, I think it, and I think it might be a little, it's hard to tell whether it's a confident, lack of confidence or complacency, right? Because mm-hmm. in the first, in the first, um, you know, the first two matches or so, we we were very dynamic and, and we were very, 
much on the front foot for swaths of the game. Um, you know, we cut, we took a few, you know, punches in the mouth um, in, in recent matches. And, you know, it seems though, I'm not sure if those, if those are, you know, a direct correlation to like, oh, hey, you know, we can always create chances. You know, we know we're going to do that now because we have more confidence. And so you just get complacent and let the game come to you as opposed to taking into the game. Um, or if it's a matter of like, oh man, we're lucky we were last year. So maybe we, maybe we hold things, you know? And so it's, it's hard to tell which one is which, but yeah, I think you're definitely right. I think, you know, in the last few matches that there's been like a, a little bit of a, a revert back to, I don't want to say revert back, revert back to form. Um, cause you oh, know, last are, year a little bit, I mean, yeah, we are looking a little bit like waterlog like we were last year, but I, I think that. You know, with a, I'm hoping this result can can fix one of those issues. Like, hey, you know, we either get the confidence back that we lost, or hey, we realize that we're not going to score if we don't make chances. Let's make the chances. Let's take this time like it's our last shot of the game. So, right. And so, yeah, uh, interesting things uh, did happen throughout this match. So, Alan Franco did come off at halftime. So Anton Walks did come in. Uh, that seemed to maybe solidify a little bit of the you know counterattack against us a, a bit, I think. Uh, and a little bit of a change within uh, maybe halfway through the second half. Emerson Hyman uh, kind of moved a little bit more to the right side. And Marcelino Moreno, uh, who started on the right side, uh, moved a little bit more centrally. And that... I think allowed us to play a little quicker, allowed us to, um, yeah, because Emerson Hyman loves to play those one-twos, the combination play that we know he uh, is capable of doing, and in that final third, he did put a ball in the back of the net, but there was an offside against him. And, uh, second too soon. Second too soon, indeed. And, uh, yeah, that's that uh, That's that kind of play that we you know want to see the team play quicker. Uh, Joseph was able to link up with Emerson Hyman. It's uh, you know that type of uh, play that will break down these type of teams. That uh, you know essentially they were sitting a little bit deeper against us, and uh, you know that's what you need. That's how you can break them down and unlock these doors. And well, you know it's uh, unfortunate we weren't able to do that. Uh, Eric Lopez uh, comes off for Jake Mulraney. Uh, in the later part of the match, and Jake Mulraney puts in a, a couple of crosses before his uh, his one that eventually gets to Moreno. But I'm, I also I, I got to talk through this entire sequence because uh, Santiago Sosa picks out George Bell on the left with a really really oh, good ball. In that Ooh. turn, yeah, and that turn by George <laughs> Bellow, that touch, Ooh. like he opens it up, everything in front of him essentially, and then is able to find Mulraney. Uh, who does his guy a little bit, but is able to cut in on his left to find that space to find this cross. And Moreno, who just ghosts everybody in the defense, running from midfield, uh, is able to head it uh, against much taller players and against the post into the back of the net. And it's pandemonium for all the 17s in the stadium and those watching at home. Uh, it's just a beautiful moment. Kind of one of those uh, little bit of, uh, you know, those gems in the, you know, in the trading cards. Uh, you know, that type of uh, feeling where it's, oh, you know, if you were at this game, oh, what a feeling. Or if you saw this game uh, live, it, it what a feeling for sure. Because you would have thought it was the goal of the season at that point. I mean, it was it was the perfect time and the context, I think, couldn't have been bigger either. Because like you said, it was a it was a slog of a match, and we haven't been setting the world alight. And we had a very bad season last year. We've had a lot of turnover, um, you know, and a lot of uh, you know controversy, um, you know, lately. And so, I mean, that 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 goal is it. It really was something that, even if it was just as simple as just a header, um, a, a header down onto the post and in. You know, nothing, nothing crazy, not like a, you know, not a world beater, but it was that moment. Like you said, that moment was, was perfect. Um, and what you said about Moraney, you know, he didn't really do his man. And I think that's a good point because so often lately we've been looking to, to take one-on-ones and we only see victory as getting past that man. But Moraney was able to at least get the defender in a stance that, allowed him to cross around him 
um, into a dangerous area. And I think that's what we need more of. Um, you know, those, those first time crosses, that's what we thrived of those, those crosses from Gressel, um, that we used to have that, you know, were, that were put in and the anticipation was somebody's going to run to get that. We need to, I think, do more of those sort of things. Um, especially now with Joseph being healthy and being the, uh, kind of the, the dog in the air that he, that he is sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. It's those early balls. It's the, there was an instance, uh, and I forget which player, uh, but it essentially, uh, I mean, one of the other instances was Eric Lopez, where he didn't turn. Uh, he instead, uh, and he had miles of space in front of him. Uh, obviously, that's conjecture. But uh, he essentially played it backwards instead of making the turn uh, when he didn't even like look to see if he actually did. Uh, another instance was... Uh, on the the right wing, a ball was uh, you know could have been played into Jose Martinez early, but instead it was played into Brooks Lennon, uh, and then he would eventually cross. And it's just it's all a little bit too predictable right now. We get into the final third, and then we essentially are looking for a cross from out wide, and we need that dynamism. We need uh, those runs in behind. We need those third man runs. We need you know just different looks at goal. Uh, you know, Joseph Martinez also thrives at the uh, the front post, and if he doesn't get those balls, like you know, like we know that he can put them away, it uh, it just it really kind of limits a lot of uh, you know, a lot of what's going on here, and uh, it becomes where it's very easy for the opponent, like they just have it all oh, in front of them. Easy, I mean, especially because the the mo against back against United. Um, you know, you, you put a few fouls in, um, you get in there, you get in our heads and, and it takes us out of our game. And mm -hmm. if we are being predictable on top of that, then it's, it's very easy to defend at that point. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it very much looked like it was heading till, uh, to a nil nil, but thankfully we were able to carve out a winner and they were able to send the fans home happy. Uh, yeah, you know, the reactions were definitely, um, I think lovely to see on social media but uh i think what's uh, also interesting is what the team was pretty much saying before the uh the game was happening uh gabriel hanze he said that uh the prospect of playing in front of a full mercedes-benz stadium uh crowd is beautiful jake mulraney he's admitted that it would take a real boost or offer a real boost to atlanta united uh for you know a full mercedes-benz stadium and then afterwards, I mean, you know, Miles Robinson on Twitter, he said, great team win tonight. The fans deserve this one. Stay tuned. Michael Parkhurst even joined in on Twitter. He said, love seeing and hearing this place erupt. I mean, yeah, the uh, Atlanta United Twitter or just Twitter in general is a lot of fun when we can get three points. That's for sure. Yeah. And MLS is not the same without a packed Mercedes-Benz um, hyping up their team, I don't think. Definitely not, indeed. And uh, so, yes, we get our second win of the season. We move to eight points. But, uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, some notes from this game, it was uh, it was Marcelino Moreno's second goal of the season and uh, his first from the run of play, which uh, is, I think, uh, kind, of, kind of microcosm again of our season a little bit because, yeah, we, you know, have scored some from penalties and whatnot, but... Uh, from the run of play, it's been a little bit lacking, for sure. Uh, this was Mulraney's second assist of the season, and this was our LA United's second clean sheet of the season. But, um, yeah, you know, Moreno, him being 5'6", th this is the thing that, uh, you know, I'm starting to question if that's actually his height, because uh, he's also, uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously got up real high for that, uh, that header, but... Uh, listed at 5'6", Joseph Martinez listed at 5'8", something's awry. Someone is not the height that they are. These sports heights are always a little wonky, but... I mean, and, and, and Marcelino has some long legs, and I've always thought that he's had long legs even last year, and so I don't, unless unless that 5'6 is made predominantly of his legs, I don't see it being being that short, so. Right, and so he's got to complain, I think, uh, and probably, you know, vie for his height a little bit, because if he's only... What one inch taller than Ezekiel Barco? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. it does not seem like it. No. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's just a kind of 
uh, non sequitur, but anyway, uh, yes, that will just wrap up the match review for CF Montreal. Our next match will be against the Seattle Sounders, and we'll have that match preview later on in this show. But uh, let's get into the news. And the first bit of news is, uh, yes, an interview by Carlos Bocanegra on Dukes and Bell on 92.9 FM. And, uh, yeah, some of the things that were said, uh, kind of the highlights. Uh, yeah, Carlos Bocanegra was asked about that Felipe Cardenas article and why he didn't speak to Felipe Cardenas. He said, uh, there was no specific reason I didn't speak to him. Um, this is part of the job. Water off the back, unnamed sources, the whole thing. He, uh, yes, you know, in the past has spoken with Felipe Cardenas, uh, you know, frequently. So it's, uh, you know, maybe not too crazy. But uh, Bocanagara also talked about Dante Nagby and, of course, uh, his exit. And he said that we did everything we could to keep him in Atlanta. Uh, and also he spoke about Moreno's role uh, later on, especially uh, in this match uh, against CF Montreal, that his interior role... Uh, to push the tempo from a more central position is uh, kind of what they want to see. And so, you know, uh, for me, you know, uh, I agree with that Moreno bit. I don't know if I exactly agree with the other bits that were, uh, you know, happening here. But uh, what, what were your what were your thoughts about this? Uh, it wasn't a need a mover of an interview. Um you know, and and I think that it's you know having having worked in radio myself and having kind of experienced, um, you know, what goes on when there's an when there is a an in market guest um, coming into the show. I mean, those are gold, and and you don't last thing you want to do is really offend them or scare them away. So you know, I'm I will I will stop there um, and say that. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, the questions that are being asked um, sometimes, you know, they're, you don't really want to ask too many questions in these kind of rooms. You really don't want to ask too many questions that you don't already know the answers to, because otherwise that might, you know, rock the boat a little bit. So um, that's just, that's just my take on it. Yeah. Uh, you worked in radio. Shocker. <laughs> Your voice, Chris. <laughs> Shocker. But anyway, uh, but to this and to your point, that's exactly it. The 92.9 FM is hired by the club LA United and that means yeah yeah like why they would have Carlos Bocanegra or Darren Eels speak on regularity uh it makes sense you know like uh if they didn't uh you know if they weren't paid by the club they probably weren't going to be talking about LA United because yeah they actually get complaints on Twitter all the time about it and uh and so it's one of those things where you know, uh, is it something that, uh, you know, that is commonplace amongst, I think, sports radio stations? I think, uh, you know, it, it is. And um, I think my gripe with this about, uh, you know, what was asked and especially kind of the buildup ahead of time, they said that, yeah, they tweeted out, they're going to talk with Cosmo Canegra. Uh, and a lot of fans were like, oh, this is going to get spicy. Are you going to, you know, don't ask softball questions. Uh, you know, are you going to ask those really tough questions and really try to pry and get, uh, you know, the things that the fans actually want to know? Because they want to know about, uh, you know, what actually went down and, you know, his actual thoughts on the article specifically. And of course, yeah, it's not going to happen. And uh, I think you saw a little bit of uh, kind of going in between trying to placate uh, Carlos Bocanegra there. It was, um, you know, a little tiptoeing around the guys and a lot of bit of um, basically not the questions that fans wanted to know. And, you know, do we actually believe that Darnton Nagby, uh, everything was done to, uh, you know, bring him back or like keep him on the team rather? And, you know, I, I just highly doubt it because, yeah, in 2019, he held out in preseason. I mean, there was obviously something awry. And the fact that, you know, the, he, the words essentially was that, uh, you know, he felt disrespected. And, yeah. You know, anytime that word gets thrown out, then you know that there is a there's a wide there's a wide spectrum of 
of what can be done and what is being done, in my opinion. And and in 2019, who was, you know, let me ask you this, who was more important to our team at that point um, than Darlington Nagby? Yeah, I mean, maybe one person, uh, yeah, maybe... Joseph is probably, you know, the other one. That's really it. And so, you know, exactly. And so Darlington Nagby, yeah, coming off uh, his second uh, MLS Cup, I mean, it makes sense maybe why he... Probably he probably wanted a raise. Uh, you know, players probably got a little bit of a, a bonus for winning, but uh, you know now he's making about somewhere in between I think 1.5 to 1.7 million. Uh, at that time, I think he was only making 600. Uh, you have to understand where he's at in his age uh, in the league and his career. Like he he probably thought that this was his last chance of probably getting the max amount of money that he could, and uh, so. It makes sense that uh, you know he would be a little disgruntled in that sense when he is wanting uh, you know maximum value for his uh, for his salary. But um, you know I think you know we, we have to realize it is what it is. Like what uh, you know Chris was saying earlier, it's just uh, yeah you know it's the nature of being you know part of uh, the the team's payroll essentially, and that's what happens. But Anyway, let's move on from that. And uh, yeah, LA United, unfortunately, uh, they parted ways with Lissandro Lopez. They mutually terminated his contract. Uh, and uh, Lissandro Lopez, we wish him all the best uh, with everything that's going on. It is terrible uh, you know, to lose a family member or a loved one. Uh, he essentially three weeks ago had to go back home to Argentina. And uh, yeah, I wish nothing but comfort and peace for him and his family and everyone that uh, knew his father. I mean, it is, uh, you know, ha- having known uh, that grief as well, it is, uh, and knowing that grief, it is, yeah, just uh, extremely difficult to deal with. And it's completely understandable that he is, uh, you know, taking time for himself uh, and for his family. And, um, yeah, definitely, absolutely. If this is the If this is the end, if he's retiring... He had a magnificent career. Um, he played three. Uh, he had three starts for us. Four games uh, played total. Um, yeah, I mean he, you know, was part of the entire preseason for LA United. I'm sure he gleaned uh, a lot of insight for the uh, the younger players. But uh, that does mean yes, uh, an international spot does open up, and uh, a senior roster spot does as well. And so. I no doubt think that LA United will probably bring in another player uh, because, yes, the rest of our kind of strike force is either Kubo Torres, uh, Eric Lopez, or uh, Jackson Conway. And so it's, you know, not the most experienced. Machop Chol maybe could, uh, you know, kind of deputize there as well. But I think, yeah, it's uh, we need to bring in another guy that can put in uh, the ball in the back of the net with regularity. But... Yes, we definitely need that. I think we've missed that. Um, and again, I, I always sound like I'm reminiscing, but I mean, you know, some of the more balanced United teams, you know, if Joseph was out, you know, there's somebody like, um, you know, that Tito that could have stepped in. Um, you know, we don't we don't have that. You can't play a false nine uh, right now. You know, we we throw, you know, Lopez up there. And, and right now, you know, nobody else nobody really is scoring for regularity as it is. So we would definitely, I would have King and may have already identified some, some individuals that could possibly fill that spot. Right. And hopefully so, but uh, moving on from that Aberdeen FC, our sister club has reportedly, uh, they have made approach to bring in LA United right back, Jack Gurr uh, on loan. Uh, that's according to the evening express. That's not the most reputable uh, reputable uh, source, but it is uh, it does make sense because Stephen Glass, obviously, you know, former uh, head coach of ours and also Atlanta United Two head coach, he had coached Jack Gurr. He knows uh, what quantity he has uh, in a Gurr, and uh, yeah, you know, obviously he's over there. Uh, there is also the kind of uh, funny thing that we have. One of their right backs on loan in Ronald Hernandez, and so uh, you know it makes almost too much sense 
in a way that uh, maybe a player that isn't getting the most playing time, 25 years old, um, you know, can maybe play with a little bit of regularity for Aberdeen. But uh, yeah, does this uh, does this make sense for you? Does that does this like uh, you know strike you as a good move for Jack Gurr and for the club? I think it is, um, and it makes complete sense because this is how you know if you have if you have players that um, you know aren't that you are hopeful for um, in some capacity for the future. You know what do you do? You know if they, if they can't really um, get into the first team with regularity and starting team with regularity, you start you start looking to see if they can get some some time and some minutes somewhere else. And typically abroad is the best approach for that. If you don't bite yourself, um, and you know, with um, them going to a team in your league, but you also give them a chance to experience some, some generally more, some some differences in play and some differences in, in tactics and differences in environments too, and that only helps build their experience. Yeah, and it would be a pretty big step up for uh, Jack Gurr as well, uh, oh, the yeah. Scottish Premier League, and essentially he. He had been playing with Georgia Revolution, and so that was NPSL. That's, you know, now he's, uh, you know, not only gone from LA United 2, but to the first team. This would be, yeah, a decent uh, move forward for, for Gurr in a way, too. And so uh wouldn't be too bad of a move in that sense to kind of get him some more seasoning, essentially. But, yeah, um, yeah let's uh, get into Marcelino Moreno making the bench for the MLS Team of the Week. Congrats uh, on that. I mean, he had four of our ten shots in, uh, in the CF Montreal match, so... And then he scored the game-winning goal. I think, uh, yeah, he at least deserved to make the bench. But, uh, yeah, moving on from that, uh, speaking of Ronald Hernandez, uh, Jose Martinez and Ronald Hernandez, they make the Venezuelan preliminary roster for the Copa America tournament. And, uh, yeah, I think that speaks on the kind of lack of maybe uh, depth at Venezuela that uh, Ronald Hernandez is making the uh, the roster, but uh, of course, Jose Martinez always deserves a call up. Even though, yes, he is now just kind of getting back into the fray of uh, Venezuela because he did, uh, yeah, he was very much not wanting to take part with Venezuela because of the former head coach. So now it's uh, now it's kind of all gravy a little bit. So good on that. But speaking of Joseph. Happy birthday to the king, because, oh my god, it's his birthday, and he also should probably be the mayor of the city. I mean, uh, the uh, the videos of him, uh, he's not exactly kissing babies, but he's hugging babies that like run to him, uh, you know, at the stadium, and uh, it's just so heartwarming. I mean, my god, he, uh, you know... He has the key to a lot of uh, people's hearts in Atlanta, for sure. So, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. Happy 28th birthday, which is nuts that he's 28 now. Um, I remember when he was that, you know, 23, 24-year-old that was, uh, you know, coming into the team. That's nuts that uh, it's been five years and uh, that he's 28, but... Uh, yeah, it yeah. makes me feel ancient, actually, to Indeed. be honest. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed it does. But, uh, yes, happy birthday to the king. Uh, and uh, also, you know, uh, there's a guy that has uh, played, I have no idea how to segue this, but basically Tito Vishalva, he uh, was recently seen uh, be- pretty much finding out that he's a father in an Atlanta United kit. He and his wife, Melanie, uh, she put up a, a video on social media when they announced that, uh, yeah, when he pretty much also announced uh, by scoring a goal and putting the ball in his shirt, you know, doing the uh, the thumb signal, it's that universal celebration that, uh, you know, they're having a baby. And uh, it's lovely to see Fishalba uh, kind of announcing that in an LA United kit. But uh, I think some of the, the comments below on uh, social media were quite funny because someone uh, yeah someone was saying that uh, we should you know get him back here so we can you know have the discovery rights on the kid uh, we should uh, definitely uh, keep him here so that yeah I mean uh, maybe in 2040 you know the uh, their kid will be you know 
maybe a large part of our uh, academy setup, possibly or something, uh, or maybe you know, part Just of the our, uh, like <laughs> what tenth MLS Cup at that point. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully the you know tenth or you know tenth <laughs> or eleventh, it'll be uh, no big deal. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully uh, yeah. That, that could come into fruition. That would be a, a fantastic story. But anyway, uh, moving on from that, uh, Frog de Boer, uh, very, very, uh, just, I'm flabbergasted at Frank de Boer's acting skills. So basically, he uh, acted in this prequel titled Fairy. Uh, and uh, basically, it was a, yeah, video that uh, is uh, kind of, teases a uh, a Dutch TV show on Netflix and um, you know it kind of just a parody a little bit his scenes were definitely I think cut in to the uh, the short but also I think also amazing was it was filmed it looks like anyway in Atlanta's quarry so uh, yeah that's uh, you know maybe it was when he was here a little bit before that. Uh, interesting. I I would assume he didn't fly during the pandemic over here to film that scene here. Yeah, I'm not sure he's. <laughs> I'm not sure he'd want to come back here after uh, what happened last year. So probably not. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, the character fairy did ask him uh, which players, in terms of Dutch national players, were going to take part in the national team, uh, and how many PSV players. Uh, versus how many IX players would as, uh, eventually, you know, make a part of that. And it's just kind of a joke, essentially, uh, because Frank obviously did uh, coach IX uh, way back when. But, uh, yeah, and then he uh, goes to shoot Frank DeBoer. Uh, he pretty much is at gunpoint the entire time. He rolls down a hill. Uh, basically, the shots are blank. And, uh, yeah, you know, DeBoer pretty much says that he's very lucky. And uh, so it's it's an interesting uh, little short that also uh, Sam Jones on Twitter uh, put up a version for LA United fans that was quite hilarious. And so if you haven't checked that out, go to our uh, Twitter as well to, uh, to see all of that. But, um, yeah, really, uh, yeah. I was amazed at DeBoer's acting ability, actually. And uh, I don't know if you got to see it, Chris, but, um, you know, the the stoicism from DeBoer, I think, is uh, on show here. We, uh, you know, we definitely, I think, uh, you know, are not surprised at the, uh, you know, the, the type of uh, acting that he does. It's pretty much, yeah, you know, he's not really uh, acting too crazy. It's not... Uh, I wouldn't say he's going to win an Oscar for this, but I must say I was amazed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to check that out. Yeah. That sounds ridiculous. It is. It was <laughs> utterly ridiculous. I was kind of unbelievable when uh, it kind of got released a couple days ago. So, But anyway, uh, let's move on to the match preview, and we will be playing the Seattle Sounders on Sunday, 4.30 at Lumen Fields. Uh, definitely seems like a name change uh, for their stadium. It used to be CenturyLink. Uh, seems like a like 90s, uh, you know, CenturyLink, like a 90s company, I feel like. Like, it, it has, like, uh, Netscape Navigator vibes for me for some reason. I don't know why, but... Uh, <laughs> anyway, basically, Atlanta United are playing their only match out west this season. Uh, and it's going to be against the league leaders in the Sounders. And uh, so it couldn't be tougher of a matchup. Uh, yeah, Seattle... Last year, reached their fourth MLS final in five seasons. And, uh, yeah, they're just a picture of consistency and dominance the last five years, which is kind of annoying because, uh, yeah, we've been in the league in the last five years, so uh, it's begrudgingly having to say that. But, uh, yeah, there are definitely, yeah, you know, there were some questions going into their season. Jordan Morris, uh, one of their star strikers, is out for the entire year. Uh, and they didn't really have a lot of uh, turnover in the roster, so uh, it is definitely a kind of, uh, you know, some people might have had them, 
you know, maybe being a little uh, lower in the uh, the standings uh, in the early part of this year, but seems to have not really missed a beat. Uh, they were second in the Western Conference last season, but uh, yes, like I said, they are first right now. Uh, now, in terms of uh, yeah, you know our matchup against them in previous games past, uh, we played them three times. They have the one win. There are two draws, and there are not a lot of goals between us because uh, they have three, we have two. Uh, I remember that nil-nil game. Uh, I believe. It was on uh, national television, uh, I think maybe right before uh, a World Cup game, I think. And probably not the best advertisement for the league. Uh, I remember us pumping in ball after ball from out wide, and they had just packed it so tight. It was the definition of a slog. And uh, they are known to, to do that. They are known to uh, be pragmatic, but also very direct and also a team that, uh, yeah, I mean, this version, anyway, they love to shoot. And um, But let's get into some of their key acquisitions from uh, this past offseason. Chris, if you're ready, take it away on some of their key acquisitions. Sure. Uh, you know, first and foremost, we have, um, uh, you know, Freddie Montero. Um, you know, basically an original sounder in the club's all-time uh, leading score, but he's he's back now. Um, Thirty three, so a little little older, but I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's still a very big you know talking point and whatnot. Um, you know, he had uh, five goals and five assists, uh, I think, in the one thousand uh, and the nearly one thousand sixty uh, minutes um, that he played for MLS last year. Um, so you know, at it remains to be seen exactly. Um, you know, how or if he'll fit in, um, you know, against, uh, you know, us coming in this weekend. But um, that's one of them. Um, and then Kellen Rowe, um, you know, uh, again, you know, he was a he was a free agent similar to uh, Freddie. So um, that was another uh, key acquisition that they had this offseason. And uh, again, get into some of their key losses from their roster as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, most uh mostly it's uh, been a I think Leerdam um as well as uh, uh Joven Jones uh Brian Schmetzer obviously that is uh that's a big one there um and oh, wait, uh, no, Gustav uh, Yeah Brian Schmetzer still the coach uh sorry sorry about that uh but yes um but yes Leerdam and Joven Jones yeah are those players that uh were stalwarts of Seattle and they both have uh moved on to Inter Miami and uh, but yeah, it is uh, yeah. Smetzer's still the head coach, and he's still doing bits for them, and that's uh, you know, that's one of those things. But um, yes, moving on uh, from that into their current form, they have four straight wins. They have won four of their last six. Uh, they are in scintillating form, and uh, it's quite annoying because yeah. Us having to go to them away uh, when we're yeah still trying to figure out where uh, we're at a little bit, still trying to you know uh, get acclimated with Gabriel Hainsey. It becomes uh, this is a tall task for sure. This is not going to be very easy for us whatsoever. But uh, yeah, let's get into some of their players to watch, and so uh, yeah. Their big one in uh, Nico Lodero, like he's one of the just probably the league's best players. Uh, made the MLS Best Eleven in 2020. Uh, he had seven goals and ten assists in 20 matches last year. Uh, yeah, he will be a guy that uh, you know might play a uh, few positions for Smetzer, but he is definitely a guy that uh, can create a lot for them. Uh, Raul Rui Diaz, uh, who Mark had uh, as possibly the Golden Boot winner this year, he's uh, at four goals this year, but uh, yeah, maybe not at a Chicharito pace, but it is definitely, uh, he is a handful to deal with, and Miles Robinson, and maybe even Franco Escobar uh, definitely know about him, I mean, that goal that he scored against them, 
is, uh, yeah, I'm sure is etched in their minds. And uh, it's definitely etched in mine. I'm, I am pretty afraid of Rui Diaz. He is, uh, he is a guy that knows how to find the back of the net for sure. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, Jao Paulo. He's a guy that uh, was brought in as their third DP. Uh, he is a guy that's in their midfield will be a guy that will really, uh, I think, keep it tidy for them and, um, yeah, kind of be a boss of midfield. And that's, uh, you know, will be something that Atlanta United has to contend with. But uh, for the Seattle fans, if they're tuning in, uh, Chris, if you want to take it away for our players to watch, uh, first up is Joseph Martinez, of course, who... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Joseph... Um... I'm hoping that this is because over the past few weeks, Joseph has looked increasingly more comfortable um, and he's been, you know, arguably could have had an assist this past uh, weekend um, for the Hyman goal if it wasn't offside. But, um, you know, he's always honestly, he just needs one chance and he'll put it away. Um, that's that's just my my take on it. Um, you know, and once he starts tasting that blood, it's 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 basically uh Hope well, not basically, but hopefully it'll be you know shades of shades of Joseph twenty nineteen um, is is what we're what we're hoping for there. Um, you know, Mor- Moreno uh, is is really another one, especially if he's deployed centrally. Um, you know, he he has the ability to create um, the 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 sort of the sort of experiments out wide and whatnot. Haven't necessarily you know displayed that, but I think that. You know, is a very dangerous guy from the center. Um, you know, and our our wing backs as well, Bello, Lennon. Um, you know, and and honestly, just that that pace that we have. Um, you know, are the are really the things that I think can really help us, and things that Seattle would definitely want to account for. Um, Bello is very much coming to his own, um, and he is he is really taking control. Um, of that left side, he is he is very much a threat going forward, and he's very solid at the back. So, indeed, indeed. So uh, let's uh, move on into the injury report and availability availability report. Uh, Joss Atencio, a midfielder, is out for them with a quadriceps injury. Uh, questionable for them is Jimmy Mandranda, a defender, uh, and also questionable as well is Nico Ladero, and uh, so. You know, that'd be fantastic. He can take his time, sweet time returning, because I do not want to see him this weekend. But uh, for Atlanta United, uh, a slew of players out in Barco, Dom, Chol, Adams, and Can. Uh, they're all still dealing with those respective injuries that we've spoke about in the past. But uh, Alan Franco, he is questionable with that ankle injury he suffered that he had to go off at halftime for. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if he does take part. But uh, moving into uh, what uh, their 11 kind of looks like, they seemingly play kind of a 4-4-2 sometimes and uh, with Rui Diaz and Montero up top. uh, And so, you know, they might change it around, but it is definitely, it's a dangerous lineup, however way you shake it out. And uh, it's going to be something that, uh, yeah, our, uh, our players will just, you know, they... All game will uh, will be, I think, having to deal with you know shots from distance, shots uh, all over the park, pretty much, because they are a team that loves to pop off a shot. But uh, yes, getting into our eleven, let's get into our predictions, uh, Chris. Let's go through the lines together. Of course, Guzan between the sticks. But how do you have the defense lining up? Uh, I have it as uh, Lennon, uh, Miles. Uh, walks and Bello, and that's actually you know I'll, I'll be truthful that's actually my preferred right now I think Franco um, needs his time um, you know it took a little bit for him to get in the starting 11 and then um, you know with the injury and whatnot I think that he just needs some time and walks has been extremely solid um, you know there have been some some lapses as a as a team but overall I think individually he's been very solid so I'd like to see that as the as the sort of the, the back line that we start with yeah i'm uh in full agreement yeah and it's uh walks when he came on at halftime he essentially i think helped solidify 
kind of defending that counterattack. Uh, and, you know, we looked a little susceptible in that first half uh, defensively as a back line, but it seemed like we were a little bit more solid uh, in that second half. But uh, getting into the midfield, uh, I have Heinemann, Sosa, and Ibarra. I think uh, Ibarra, yeah, well, maybe didn't show a lot of dynamism maybe in that CF Montreal match. I think, uh, yeah, he still needs to kind of show that, but I think we need that that uh, extra player that can harry the opposing team, that can, uh, you know, press them high, that will bring oodles of energy, and uh, I think we'll definitely need that in this match against the Sounders. Um, now, Hyman, uh, some people might say that he, maybe he should uh, maybe start at the right of midfield or something like that, but, uh, yeah, what... Who do you got? Who do you uh, who do you have in your uh, midfield? That's actually where I have Heinemann at. Um, you know, but I have Heinemann, uh same as same as yours, Hyman Ibarra and um, Sosa. Obviously, we know where Sosa is going to be. Um, so it's it's really going to be you know in sort of the elevated positions of be Hyman and, and Abara to an extent. Um, yeah, I think those three have been probably the consistent choice. Um, now, obviously, with the injuries that we have, it's it's probably going to stay that way for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, s some people also might have Moreno centrally. Uh, I think it's gonna be very, very fluid. I think in this match, uh, Mulraney, obviously, when he came on, he played on the left side. Uh, Hyman kind of yeah stayed a little bit more uh, on that right, uh, maybe wing a, a little bit even, but. Uh, so he was able to fashion that chance kind of midway through the, the second half. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, whatever positions they want to take uh, in attack, that will kind of confuse the defense. That will be, I think, good for us because, uh, you know, we don't want to be too predictable like we were saying earlier. Uh, but yeah. I think, um, you know, these positions where I do have them, uh, you know, well, we'll get into the attack right now and explain. So, uh, yeah. The, I think both of us, we have Mulraney uh, and Moreno as the wingers and then Joseph up top. I think for me, it's more kind of where they're defensively going to be, maybe not attack-wise going to be, because uh, I think allowing them that fluidity is going to uh, kind of bring more of uh, that unpredictability that we absolutely need to be able to unlock Seattle Sounders. But uh, well, oh, yeah. you know, what, what are your uh, kind of thoughts on your uh, forward line. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to... I don't think that we're actually playing with designated, um, you know, designated, you know, left attack, right? I don't think... Yeah. I think that it is going to be very much a, a fluidity thing. I think that it's going to be, okay, we need to get the ball, you know, in the net, whether we go from to B to C to get there or A to C to get there or A to B to C to B to C to A which is what we tend to do now, back to back to see to get there, you know, it doesn't matter. And I think that there's going to be some movement, um, especially for Moreno um, and Heinemann, um, that is going to be able to uh, do exactly what you say, it kind of uh, hopefully make us less predictable. I think Moreno is, is, is going to be on the wings. I think that it, 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 it makes the most sense for him to be there. I don't see him taking up positions um you know uh deep inside the middle of the midfield um i think he's one of the few that we've named in the starting lineup that is probably going to be in um kind of hanging out on on one on the width um exclusively but i think that for the rest of them it's going to be kind of like a mix and match um you know oh sorry you cut out uh what was that last bit you said Oh, I was saying that, um, you know, aside from Mulraney, uh, I think everybody else that we've named in the attack or in the midfield is going to be kind of like a mix and match, pick your poison type of mm. type of uh, formation. Right. So uh, let's get into what we'd like to see the team do this match. I think, uh, as always, try to be more clinical. Uh, we uh, are not putting the ball in the back of the net uh, as much as we'd like, for sure. Uh, we want th to see them, I, I personally want to see them take more risks and play more forward and create chances. Uh, it's kind of been a thing that uh, 
you know, we've been very passive, very, uh, you know, backwards thinking. And uh, like I said earlier, watch out for those shots from distance and for those balls over the top from Seattle. They are a very direct team. Uh, they like to taste, take risks and will uh, look to hurt you as many times as possible. And so it's, uh, you know, they're not, they're not messing around with the ball. They know what they're going to do with it. And that's attack goal. So, uh, yes. you know, a- anything that you, uh, you have? Uh, I'd like to see us um, sustain pressure a little bit more. We tend to start out with the press, and then we, you know, even with a lack of a goal, we just kind of just let off. And I think that that gives uh, momentum to the wrong side of the ball for us. And I think that I'd like to see that sustained more. And I'm hoping that it's, you know, it's a tactical thing and not an endurance thing. Um, that we're and the reason why we're doing that, but I'd like to see that more because that will take pressure off of our defense. You know, they, they can't take shots from they can't take shots from midfield. Um, but you know, there's been plenty of games so far that I've seen, like the first 10, 10 12 minutes or so, um, the opponent's been struggling to get the ball out of their half, and I'd like to see that sort of intensity kept up for a longer period of time. Chances will come if that is the case. I mean, I hope so. I mean, if we're, if we're keeping somebody in their own half, I would hope that chances would be coming. But that's what I would like to see, because I think that's the best way for us to kind of impose our will again. Yeah, and uh, that would be lovely, especially on the road. But, uh, yes, uh, Bet365, in terms of the odds, have us uh, really not uh, really doing too well here. So, essentially, yeah, Seattle have a 60 60.6% chance to win this match. Uh, it's a draw at a 26.3%. And Atlanta United, I think this is the lowest I've seen for a minute, at 20% chance to win this match. And so, uh, you know, the odds are against us, that's for sure. Uh, makes sense. It's a road game. We're away. Uh, but that leads us into our score prediction. Chris, what do you got? I am going with a 1-1 draw. That seems to be the um, the draw, seem to be the preferred... Um final of choice for us against Seattle so um, I don't think we're going to be clinical enough to get more than a goal and I'm hoping that we can at least oh you cut out but uh sorry I had the I had the one one draw Um, I'm hoping that we are going to be able to you know get one in I don't know if we're going to I don't know if we're there yet to score multiple um, you know away from home at a place like Seattle um, but I'm hoping that we're going to be at least sturdy enough to 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 make sure that we walk out with a point at the very least. Yeah, I'm hoping that or better, but uh, I have a very bad feeling about this match and because uh, we're playing uh, league leaders and we aren't really exactly playing and uh, you know clicking at all cylinders. So yeah, I have it unfortunately at a two one loss. Seattle will take it, but uh, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. But uh, that pretty much does it for the entire show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, who would you like to see Atlanta United bring in as a striker to back up Joseph Martinez? Uh, You know, maybe some realistic ones, but also some, uh, you know, pie-in-the-sky ones. Let us know in the comments below. We look forward to what you have to say. But guys, that is it for today. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. And for Chris, I'm AJ. Thank you so much for watching.